is Jimmy Murray of the Kid Friendly Podcast Network, and I want to welcome you to the Time Shifters Podcast. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. Your hosts, Christopher and Matt, would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with them. Look for the Time Shifters Podcast group on Facebook, follow the two on Twitter. Christopher's handle is Time Shifters Pod, and Matt is at Movies at the Mat, or you can send them a typed or recorded message to Time Shifters Podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. Now, from the Time Shifters studio, here are Christopher and Matt. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time Shifters. Like I said in the last episode, no film discussion this time around. Matt and I have been crazy busy with all sorts of things, so it's just me filling the stream. I am, however, filling it in with some goodies from the 2019 Monster Bash. Monster Bash, for those who don't know, was a 22-year-young convention dedicated to the classic monsters many of us love. Everything from the earliest days of silent movies to the 1930s Universal Pictures that brought us the likes of The Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the 1940s Creature of the Black Lagoon, to other Hollywood fare of the 1950s like the Giant Mantis and other radioactive monstrosities, all the way through the 1960s beach girl-loving low-budget beasts and sci-fi oddities. And there is still plenty of room for the Hammer Studio films, as well as fandom for the horror films from the Spain, Italy, Mexico, and everywhere in between. Held in Mars, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw from Pittsburgh, an easy shambling distance for any zombie from the Evans City Graveyard, where the opening of George Romero's Night of the Living Dead was filmed, Monster Bash is the destination for fans of monsters and their movies. Over the years, they've had guests like Ray Harryhausen, Julie Adams, Rico Browning, Bella Lugosi Jr., David Prowse, Victoria Price, Carolyn Monroe, Bird Eye Gordon, and an endless list of celebs and experts. This year, the big guests were British horror and film legends Veronica Carlson and Christopher Neem. If you don't recognize those names, you need to sink your teeth to the Hammer Studios' Dracula films. Oh, and Martine Beswick. She starred in several Hammer Studio films and was a Bond girl, twice. All three of this year's guests were there not to just talk about their past film history, but also to discuss starring together, along with Caroline Monroe, in the latest independent film from young filmmaker Joshua Kennedy. He collected these four stars to appear in his homage to the Hammer Horror films that he loves, the film House of the Gorgon. He was on hand as well for the United States premiere of the film, which was shown Saturday night at The Bash. A few other highlights of The Bash... Friday night is Mexican Monster Movie Night and includes free tacos and burritos. Saturday was a showing of House of the Gorgon, followed by free cake. And then it was time for the drive-in movie. They set up a screen outside on the hotel lawn and everyone gathered around with their lawn chairs and blankets for a screening of of a 16mm print of Revenge of the Creature. The night begins to end with a presentation of some Rondo Awards and the Monster Bash's own Forey Awards, and then there's a massive prize toss. Sunday winds down a little, but it's a great chance to look for those hard-to-find DVDs, Blu-rays, magazines, collectibles, and original artwork in the dealer room. Hold on to your wallet. No one's a thief, but no matter how hard you try, someone will take your money, and you'll walk out with an armload of things you didn't know you couldn't live without. All of that, plus Q&As with all the guests, special presentations from a variety of authors and experts, film screenings, and plenty of places to sit down and talk with other fans who may already be friends, or if not, will, will be by the time you leave. This has turned into a sort of reunion for me. 
There are a bunch of friends and fellow podcasters that live hundreds of miles away from me, and I rarely get to see outside of photos and status updates on Facebook or Twitter. We all converge on Monster Bash. We've created an odd little family, and it is so much fun to actually physically sit down with them. So now that I've told you a little bit, so now that I've told you a little bit about Monster Bash, let's actually go to Monster Bash with some audio that I collected while I was there. I'm going to play a little promo first for another podcast, and when we get back, we'll go straight into that. I'm Jimmy Murray from the Fun Facts of the Day. In over 60 countries and 300 episodes and 150,000 downloads, I've been the daily reprieve for parents all around the world. So have a listen, tell us what you think, and just gain a moment back of your sanity every day with me, Jimmy Murray. Since the premiere of House of the Gorgon was a pretty big deal this year at the Bash, I spoke with a young writer, director, and star of the film, Joshua Kennedy. All right, hey everybody, this is Christopher with Time Shifter Podcast at Monster Bash 2019. I'm sitting here with Joshua Kennedy, an amazing independent filmmaker. Oh, thank you. That's uh, kind of you. Well, I met you, I think, I was introduced to you the first time. It was probably my first Monster Bash. It was like maybe five years ago or something. You were up here. You just had a table in the dealer room selling your wares. Yes. I think I probably grabbed a movie and just a bunch of little posters. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Yes, yes. I remember that. And, and then I, I watched the movie and then went and bought all the other movies oh. I could that I could find. And it was actually kind of funny because I think the movie I bought was probably whatever your most recent was. Uh-huh. And, and so you I, worked your way backwards. I worked your way backwards. <laughs> but it was fun watching you slowly digress age yeah. and, and all your regular cast members. Yes, which grow were younger. Family and friends and stuff that you were doing in Texas, I guess. But let's kind of give the listeners a little bit of a, a backstory here. You started making films. I mean, you were like a teenager, weren't you? Like high school? I mean, my first mini-movie, I was five. And it was it came from the bathroom. I mean, just the title alone kind of gives you, you know, the background. And it was this monster that came out of the toilet. And, I mean, I was 14 when I started Attack of the Octopus People, which was mm-hmm. the first feature. And um, have you seen that one? That yep. was, yeah. It's, Absolutely. And it was just friends in Texas, high school friends, teachers, and then did that for a few years, my entire high school career, and then moved on to Pace University in New York City and filmed there, and yeah, it's just whoever whoever's wanting to be in it, I'm, I'm willing so to work with them. Like five, whatever, doing your little mini-movie, but I'm, I'm, I was thinking, like, even when you're in, like, in your high school, I mean, what was the thought process that, what led you to go, I can make a movie? I, I really don't have an answer for that. I wish I did. Um, it's just everyone jokes that I came out of the womb with a camera. Um, it was just hey, let's 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 make a movie. I, I, fate or you know the gods of Olympus. It was. I think there's there there are those of us or those of you, the guys who are making these films are doing the independent. And this I think is true of a lot of independent filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Is some people are just kind of blessed with that support group. Oh yeah, with the family and the friends that go that don't go. Okay. Yeah, good luck, Josh. Make a yeah, movie, yeah. whatever. They're like, oh yeah, can I can I help? Exactly. <laughs> yes, and I mean my family, the gr- most supportive family. 
I've ever been encountered with. And it, I mean, here at Monster Bash, I mean, the, the people, the it's been my experience that the, the Monster Kid world is such a supportive. Well, you're, I mean, you've seen that, right? Yeah, well, it's just, and, and you're kind of helping keep the spirit of it all alive. Oh, thank I mean, there's you. only so much you can do by just you can sell the old movies. Yes, you can. You can, uh, you can have a production company. You can remaster the old movies. Yes. And that's fine, and we all appreciate that. Uh-huh. But eventually, that's kind of like, well, that's nice. Yeah, but yeah. you're kind of helping keeping the spirit alive. Thank you. By making the films that are true homages, mm-hmm. and not you're not uh, throwing jokes. You're not spoofing, mm-hmm. you know, the genres. Thank you. You're truly saying, I'm a fan. I want to make movies like this. Now you you summed it up. You summed yeah. it up um, with House of the Gorgon. Uh, I didn't want to do any CGI. I wanted to do as many techniques that Hammer did back in the day with this. And you summed it up. So, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. You. Well, and with House of the Gorgon, this is a really neat. This is your latest film. Yes. It's your newest film. And you truly, I mean, to t- call it an homage is almost an understatement because you actually went and you gathered together some of the icons of the Hammer films and, you know, the, the old 60s and 70s horror films that you love mm-hmm. to star in this film. Yes. Uh, list off this cast that you've... Well, we have Caroline Monroe, Martine Beswick, Veronica Carlson, Christopher Neem, and Georgina Dugdale, who is actually... She's the love interest in the film. She's Caroline Monroe's real-life daughter. And, I mean, it was... I still... I mean, I'm here selling the movie and selling the poster, and I'm almost pinching myself. I was like, did that really happen? Did we, did we make that? It, it still astounds me that, that we got it done. And, yeah, it was a dream come true. Well, and I think it sounds like this isn't something that anyone could have done. You've really spent a lot of years kind of creating a friendship with these people. Oh, God, yes, yes. How did that come about? Did you just... You knew they were going to be in a convention, and you went and kind of ingratiated yourself a little bit? <laughs> I mean, basically, that, that sums it up. I mean, it all started, and it's funny, we were just talking about this, started five years ago here at Monster Bash, where I went up to Martin Beswick's table and said, would you mind being in a music video with me? And, of course, she was like, what, what, what is this? And uh, I said, all you need to do is sit in a chair. We'll be in the parking lot. Sit in the chair. I'm going to sing this love song to you. And you just react like you would react. It's only going to take ten minutes. And she said yes. We shot the whole thing. I, I told her, let's. it'll only take ten minutes. We went out to the parking lot, shot the whole thing in ten, fifteen minutes. And she was astounded by how quickly, how professional I was. And... It was funny, that day I edited it during lunch, brought the finished product back to her table on a laptop, and Caroline peeks over. She was also there signing next to each other, and she goes, well, I want to be in one. I mean, when Caroline asked to be in a what am I going to say, no? Again, this is just an example of where the fates truly do smile on Oh, yes. It's just the situation is just right to let you kind of create it. Yes. You are truly blessed. You, you have, I'm guessing there is like some altar in your basement or something. Yeah. Some film god. It's the, the, the Lovecraftian, you know, <laughs> elder ones or something. Yeah. No, it's 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 it was a dream come true. And so this is the first film that you've done outside of. Was this is this the first film you've kind of done outside of either high school or, or college um, film school? I, I would say first legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So dealing. I won't say dealing, but working with uh, your friends, families, and um, other classmates. Yes. And now doing a film with, it's like, I don't want to 
belittle anyone else you've already worked with. Yeah, but yeah. To say, you know, real actors yes. or whatever. Yes, you know, that's act- fair. Professional actors, let's say professional Professional actors, actors yes. How, was it a, a very different experience? Did you find it pretty similar? It I mean, was, I mean... And I, I don't know if it's because, if this is the right thing to say, if they're British, but or they have, you know, just that theatrical background or upbringing, or because they came in and it was just sheer, I mean, they could have come in and just, eh, this, this, is, we're, this is a Friends movie, we're just going to, you know, right. do this. But they came in so prepared, had all their lines memorized, it was... Astounding, and I, just that level of professionalism, especially with such a low budget, you know, little movie. Uh, my friend Dan always jokes, he's like, it was almost as if we were on L Street. We were shooting in L Street or Bray Studios. They were taking it so seriously, and I, I admire that so so much. So I'd say that was the big difference. It was wow, this professionalism. Yeah. Is this gonna spoil you now? Are you? That's that's what everyone's saying. It was like, yeah, who am I gonna work with now? But. Um, yeah, it was astounding. Well, you've always got some incredible people. I know watching all your films, you see some of the same faces oh, yeah. uh, come through. Including, is it is it your sister? Is it Catherine? Yeah, Kathleen. Kathleen? Yeah, Kat. Kat? Yes. Who I remember seeing, and again, it's one of those things where I watched your film backwards. Backwards, yeah. And so I kept seeing her get younger and younger. Yes. To the point, I think her first appearance that I remember, she's actually probably the youngest person on the set, but playing the old clone. <laughs> Like the Elmer's glue. On, yes, that's right. On the face. Yes, um, yes. Oh God, yes. She gave she gives me such crap for that with the, the glue. Um, but for some reason, and even in the school plays, she was always playing my mom or she was playing my grandma. And it's funny we're doing. I'm directing uh, on a completely different note. I'm directing My Fair Lady this summer, and she's playing my mom in that too. So it's nice. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, she always, she's the youngest one playing the the oldest character. But That's hysterical. Yeah. So we're going to see the U.S. premiere of House of the Gorgon tonight here at the Monster Bank. Yes. Uh, it's already premiered over in the in, in the U.K., I think, Yes, right? yes, yes. It's getting some pretty nice uh, nice buzz, some nice talk. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to it myself. Thank you. But I have to ask, yes. what is next for what, Joshua Kennedy? What is next for Joshua Kennedy? Well, I am right in the middle of Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls. Nice. And, I mean, that title alone says it. Yes. I'm waiting on the stop-motion animation to be finished, and then it'll be done, hopefully by the end of the year. And then, like I said, I'm doing My Fair Lady, so kind of stepping into stage for a bit and then mm-hmm. come back to film. And I would love to... There is, you know, rumblings of getting the cast of House of the Gorgon back to do not a sequel, but a similar Hammer-inspired film. Nice. Yes. Very we, good. We, 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 shall, we shall see. <laughs> I mean, yes. Well, we'll have our fingers crossed. Yes, for so, sure. So, Mr. Kennedy, thank you very much for talking with me. Thank you. And good luck today. Have fun throughout the rest of the bash. Thank you. Um, this is a great place. It's a great place for people like you. Oh, yes. And, and for a- anyone listening, I mean, if you haven't made it to Monster Bash and you're a monster kid, it's Mecca. It's it's yes. it's the place to be. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Have a good time. Thank you. You too. Here's a little bit of audio from Martine Beswick's Q&A. A fan of From Russia With Love, one of her James Bond films, asked if she had any stories to tell, particularly about her gypsy girl fight scene. Well, first of all, it actually, we rehearsed for three, three weeks. Um, and then, uh, when the, and we were supposed to go to Turkey, which I was very excited about, because, you know, one of the things, actually, one of the things that would happen at that point uh, in the 60s, when you were an actress, I mean, one of the things, that, the first things you asked was, 
where was the film going? <laughs> what country are we going to? <laughs> Not what the script is about and what it's going to do for your career. Where are we going? <laughs> and so one of the things I love is the fact we're going to turn out. Oh, how exciting. Well, it didn't quite turn out. Oh, and we were all ready to go and suddenly, no. And we did it on the back lot of Pinewood. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> However, it was really, it was, they did a really, it, the whole production was fantastic. And it did have a really good feel to it. Really good. I mean, and uh, because it was a night shoot and because we had this rehearsal, we had the three weeks of rehearsal, it was, they wanted to do, Terence Young wanted to do handheld cameras so they could kind of really go in and move in. And so it was kind of an exciting fight. It was a really exciting, and I have to say, it was probably, sort of at that time, pretty amazing, these two women just going at it like that, you know? Um, she was not my favorite, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> she just wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Now this, I have to share, this is her memories of working with Ray Harryhausen. I, I don't remember whether it was, in fact it's interesting because next year is going to be the, they're doing a hundred, hundred year, um, uh, to call it centenary or something very special. And they've got a whole, there's a whole um, exhibition of all his work that's going to be happening in Scotland. So it's a big year for Ray Harryhausen. So basically I had to remember, uh, his daughter asked me to sort of make, you know, write something about my memories of him. And the thing that I remember most of all was when we first, the first um, scene that we had to do, and there we were, you know, there's Raquel and there's all of us, and we're in this like beautiful volcanic lake, and we're walking, you know, swimming or something. not attractive. And then we have to fight this pterodactyl. And raise on a flatbed truck with a special stick to give us the eyeline so that he can fill in and make these creatures, right? So he's got this stick and we're all going around going <laughs> there's nothing there. And so every now and again we kind of we suddenly turn and see all these these us twits wet, soaked pieces of leather going and we'd start laughing. I mean, we'd have to, they'd have to stop and then the director would say, now, guys, I mean, please, you know, this is, we have to get on with this. We go, oh, sorry. We go again. And so we get this whole sort of giggle and we couldn't stop. So this is what, but it did work. Finally, of course, we stopped laughing. But it was, I got to see him working a little bit after that. Wow. I just wanted to sit at his feet and I wanted him to tell me stories. I wanted his, I, I just wanted, he was a lovely guy, lovely guy. I mean, the whole experience of that was really fantastic. So, yeah. And what are the parts she wanted and didn't get? Uh, the part that I really wanted was um, the part that I wanted to play Morgana, 
in Excalibur. Oh. Oh. I actually was... But it was, you know, Kellerman, she did a fantastic job. Really fantastic, but I, that's, I really wanted that. And the other one I wanted was um, the Dalmatian thing with Ben Tills. This next question focused on coming out of retirement to appear in House of the Gorgon. Did it reignite an acting bug? Oh, uh, to explain something she says early on, there's a running joke between her and uh, Joshua Kennedy uh, that he started when he declared that she was and will forever be his true wife. Yeah, acting bug to bug to keep working with my husband. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, the thing about it is that I don't really want to come. I, I, be, I was in retirement and I came out for him and really I had such a good time and it was, he's just such a love. I don't want to mess with anybody else. I mean, this is, I want to be familiar. I want to be in my family. So, um, if you can't call that the bug acting again, it's really about the fun I had. <laughs> Here are some snippets from the introduction of the House of the Gorgon with Joshua Kennedy and the stars of the film. It was moderated by Monster Bash founder Ron Adams. Yeah, how about Derek's contribution in post? Okay, <coughs> Derek M. Cook, where are you at? Yeah! He is uh, Monster Kick Radio. He helped out with all of the crappy sound that I recorded. He came in and polished it up and made it sound beautiful. And also, Mitch Gonzalez. Where's Mitch? Raise your hand. Can you stand up, sir? This guy created all of the snakes for the film. And... Where's Reaper Clark? Reaper Clark's over here. He wrote, he chanted, round of applause for this guy. He channeled James Bernard and did the most James Bernard tribute score you will ever hear. And um, we all know James Bernard, when you live, you watch Christopher Lee's Dracula, it's Dracula. Um, there's a similar theme for this one, and I'm sure. Those of you with James Bernard ears will go hear it. Um, yeah, yes, this is, it was a big collaboration of all sorts of people. I hope I'm, I'm probably missing people, and I'm sorry. My brain is complete mush right now. I have no idea what's going on. But uh, well, we've had uh, been promoting it to Creepy Classics and Monster Bash religiously, and I know you have on your, your pages, and uh, the response has been just outstanding. So, and it's, you know, people have such fondness for the Hammer films. And, and you trying to emulate or giving a tribute to the Hammer films is just, just great. Uh, what are some of your uh, other favorite Hammer films besides the Gorgon? I mean, there's, it's, it's hard for me to dislike a Hammer film. I'm sure there are many of you who feel that way. Uh, Rise of Dracula. I mean, I, I'll try and list just off the top of my head the tributes that you'll see. And I, there are so many tributes in this film. There are paintings on the wall from different films, Hammer of the Baskervilles, Fear in the Night. Brides of Dracula, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, Dracula AD 72, of course. I mean, I think this is the crowd that needs, that will appreciate the, the film. We get it. Yes, you, you will get it. And I am just overwhelmed. But look at, we're, we're packed house here. Who, who would have thought? And we're having another one at, at 10. Yes, right. In, in case there's people that can hear us outside the doors, 
We'll be doing it again at 10 o'clock in here tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, how about uh, the, the gals? Uh, when you approached, uh, were you all just really sitting talking together, or did you get a hold of Veronica and Martine and Christopher uh, and Caroline and I know, I know we were all separately. We, we were all having having dinner that first time that Caroline said that, and then on the plane ride home back to Texas, I wrote on the vomit bag this idea for House of the Broken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where the greatest ideas come from, right? And uh, it, it was. It, it all just snowballed. I, I see more promotional ideas yes. jumping off from that. Yeah, and it was it was un unbelievable, and everything the, the planets aligned, and everything worked out. Schedules lined up. Um, yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say. Well, let's let's why don't you introduce people? We'll have them come up and take a bow before we screen this film. Yes, yes. Why don't you give give us uh, we'll invite them up one at a time. Okay, okay. Um, first off, we have Miss, you all know her from, I feel like, uh, let me think on, I can find this. You all know her from Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, and Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, and The Ghoul. Um, the lovely, exquisite, she plays Anna Banning in the film, we have the lovely Veronica Carlson. Why don't you tell us, Um, Yeah, well, Josh's attention to detail is startling. And I was asked in, in the bar scene, you know, you won't notice it, I have to tell you, a small statuette, a little bust of Michael Ripper. And this gentleman said, he insisted that I be the one to place it on the bar. And I've never forgotten that. That, that touched my heart. Because we all love Michael Ripper, right? Stay up here, Shoshi. Stay up here. Stay. Take a seat. All right. You all know him from a small part in Lust for a Vampire, and of course you know him as the great Johnny Alucard in Dracula AD 1972. He plays the tortured Father Llewellyn in this, Mr. Christopher Lee.
You all know her from Prehistoric Women. One of the great films of my time. She was Sister Hyde in Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. She had a cat fight with Raquel Welch in one day in BBC. You all know her as Martin Beswick. I know her as Mrs. Kennedy. Please, Martin Beswick. Now you heard the mention of Mitch Gonzalez, creature maker extraordinaire. Well, I've got an interview with him, too. I am sitting across the table for Mitch Gonzalez, who is a monster movie maker. Pretty famous for, uh, most famous, I guess, probably for all the Christopher Mim films. So Monsters of the Mimiverse. That's correct, yes. Uh, but now you've actually expanded a little bit, and you're working on, you did some of the creatures for uh, Joshua Kennedy's House of the Gorgon. I, I did, yeah. Josh contacted me, and um, we, we uh, collaborated, and I was able to help him with House of the Gorgon. Uh, specifically making the snakes for the Gorgons. So I Just was, spoilers. Oh, oh, oh. I should, for the Gorgon. Anyway, yeah, I was able to make uh, get some snakes produced for him and sent them out, and he used them, his, his group animated them and got them to move around, and so. Excellent. So was it uh, the MIM films that started you kind of down this path, or was it like a hobby, or did you was it a stage, or a, what... It started off as a hobby, as a lifelong monster kid um, right. before the term was coined. I you know, grew up watching all these movies, all these horror movies, sci-fi movies. Um, they all had pretty cool monsters. And I uh, got to the point where I want to make some of those. So I started you know, drawing them first, then get, you know, cruelly making them up in clay. And then as the years gone by, I just you know, kind of refined it. And now I'm able to make masks and props and that sort of thing. So, uh, one, you know, Probably Planet of the Apes was one of them. That it, it, back in the, when they made those movies, um, just the chimps, the apes, and everything uh, prompted me to try my first prosthetic. So I, I did that. Um, otherwise, just you know, any good science fiction movie that had a good monster, like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Um, they, they all have inspired me in one way, shape, or form. So, what uh, as far as the Chris Mem films? What was the first film that you? started working on there uh, with Chris it was Destination Outer Space oh, and there was lots of creatures in that one yes so. it, it, exactly and what had happened was I'd met him at a convention probably a few years prior to us collaborating uh, he had, a, he had a, 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 a table and I kind of wandered by and saw he had made a couple movies and since they were the B kind of movies that we all love and enjoy um, stopped me and I, I looked and, and grabbed a couple they looked interesting I took them home watched them and said this guy gets it he's, he's a, a fellow monster kid and he's, and he's doing the good old bad monster movie you know right. but doing it in modern times so after watching it I thought you know I, I might have some skills that I can offer so I reached out to him and it, it took a couple of years before we actually collaborated but um, I did reach out to him we talked a little bit and then he made another movie uh, and then after that, when he was working on Destination Out of Space, I think two movies transpired in between. 
but um, we, we finally collaborated and we reached out and said, hey, I have the need for some monsters and if mm-hmm. you want to help, that'd be great. And so um, I jumped into that production about halfway through. I uh, was able to, to, to work on that and then uh, move forward. I've been with them ever since and we're 14 plus movies downstream now. Yeah, and you've created some incredible monsters. I mean, we're talking films that are kind of supposed to mimic the B pictures of the 50s. Correct, but yes. the creatures that you've come up with are like, they look like A-level monsters. Thank you. Thank you, you know, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you expect to see in, you know, like the big budget kind of stuff. I mean, you do amazing work with, um, which I'm, with, um, with what I am guessing is a minuscule budget. <laughs> uh, no to none, but uh, yeah. yeah, well, you know, some of the supplies I have, like Chris kicks in some uh, some money for other supplies, but uh, we do it uh, we do it as cheap as possible. You know, I just use clay, plaster, and latex, and, uh, and it's you know, it, if you buy the big batches of that stuff, you can yeah. ex- you know do the wholesale. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do it for a little. You can make a few more more than a few <laughs> monsters out of those those supplies, but yeah, we stretch it to the best we can, and uh, and we do what we can. Now, when he comes to you and he says, "Okay, I've got this film idea." And I wanted to have this kind of creature. What's kind of the uh, creation process for you, the thought process, when you're kind of developing this? Uh, do you all kind of just have like this cache of ideas that you're just waiting to use? Or is it really just kind of, he has to say the title. And well, does, that, does, that, does that start the juices flowing? There's both. There's, you know, I'm always thinking and drawing and, and, and coming up with ideas. And in parallel, Chris is coming up with ideas. And he'll actually reach out. We'll talk. Say, hey, I got an idea for this movie uh, called whatever it is. And I say, I think I have a monster for you. And a lot of times right away we'll talk, and then probably within a half hour, I'm shooting him sketches of some of my ideas. And he'll go, that's it, that's what I, that's what I kind of what I envisioned. Or he'll say, well, maybe with bigger eyes or this, that looks great, but, you know, try this. And we work together and kind of come up with a design. Um, and then once we get it kind of locked down, then I'll kind of run with it and start to produce the masks or, or whatever I need to produce to, to bring those to the screen. Nice. So it is really, truly a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. We really work together to try to make sure that you don't go too far one way right. or you're not, not enough. Or you know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a few times where he's like, can't you just give me just a, a, a little more of something? You know? That happens, yeah. yeah. And sometimes <laughs> I'll come up with something and he'll like it maybe and I'm not set on it. And I'm, uh, I say, well, this is my first pass at it. Let me live with this for a few days, and then I'll get an inspiration. You got to convince them it's not good enough, right? 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 <laughs> and we'll do tests. There's some color tests sometimes we've done, even though the movies are in black and white. It's um, got to show right. I, it's got to yeah. appear right. Yeah. We, we paint them up, or you know, in the in the case of the the giant spider, mm-hmm. we had we had white we had white eyes, normal like human white eyes with the with the black pupils, and it just didn't look right. It kind of so, comes like kind of dingy yeah, on, on black and white, right? Yeah, that and it looked kind of goofy, and I yeah. don't know. We were trying. There was something that wasn't right, and we actually filmed some tests with that. And I said, you know what? I'm not sold. So I took it home, repainted the eyes black, and then had light kind of silvery um, uh, irises, and that was it. It, it gave it, it a different. Yeah. It gave it a different feel, and that was. We both went, ah, that, that's it. So there's some, you know, we, we, we do experiment, and but we do collaborate quite a bit on the designs. Now, some of his latest film was actually in color. Does yes. that kind of kind of change your thought process after being used to designing these monsters for black and white? To suddenly go, oh, I, ha- I have color to work with. Yeah, color, high def, and all that. Yeah, yeah it does. It does change the approach. Uh, when we had started Queen of Snakes, mm-hmm. um, it was going to be a black and white picture, and and so uh, the color scheme I came up with. I, it was was rendered for the black and white screen. Um, I didn't extend green. It's a green snake, 
but I didn't extend a lot of the color everywhere because it photographs when you photograph green on skin, it'll still it won't look different. But when he says, "Oh, I'm doing it in color," that changes everything. So now we've got um, you know kind of half-colored features or whatever you want to say. But if you see the movie, you'll see what I mean. Sometimes you'll see I didn't extend green all the way down the neck or something, right. so you might see a little flesh. So those are things I didn't anticipate being able to be seen in a black and white film. But since it's in color. It's there, but it, it is what it is. Now, that was actually not a full mask, or most of them, I think, have been actually full over-the-head masks. Correct, yes. Queen of Snakes was really more prosthetic, wasn't it? Yes. So that was the first time you've kind of dealt with that, certainly first time in film? Well, we've, we've done a few prosthetics um, on some... It wasn't a, This is the first time we've done a full prosthetic on the main creature. Usually in some of the other movies, we'll do a, a facial appliance to somebody in the background or, okay. or somebody that's not the monster of the movie. Um, but in this case... We got back and forth um, and decided, you know, instead of doing a full mask, let's do something where we see her mouth, we see more of her features. And then initially we were going to make it where we had the eyes, her eyes were going to be exposed, she was going to wear contact lenses mm-hmm. and do, a, do, do something down that, that avenue. So I came up with some designs and then Chris bought some contact lenses and tried to get them into Stephanie Mim's eyes. <laughs> Stephanie Mim was the uh, actress who played uh, the Queen of Snakes and she was a trooper for the makeups. But she found out that she did not, you know, she couldn't wear the contacts. She couldn't get them in the eyes. So right. that caused a redesign. So, sure. okay, you know, and I was trying to stay away from the Gorgon. I'm oh, sorry, the reptile. The hammer film, the yeah, reptile yeah, yeah. with the snake creature. I wanted to get away from that look um, and come up with something different. But uh, because we couldn't use Stephanie's eyes, I had to come up with that different uh, look. And so I kind of, eh, we'll go with that homage. And, and it, it, it looks like it a little bit, but it's also my take on it. So... It was it, it was ultimately a satisfying design, and I, I enjoyed making it. It was a great design. It's it's probably one of the more frightening. I guess all of them are like could be frightening in the right situation. I mean, if you turn the the corner in a dark alley and you come face to face, you're going to be a little startled. But I think the Queen of Stakes is actually. I mean, it's one of those truly horror kind of makeup jobs. Right. Right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So I, I even came up with a, a silicone uh, tongue. <laughs> it's hard to, it didn't make an appearance at least once. It I made think, a few yeah. appearances, yeah, yeah. But I would like to use it more. But it was it was just difficult because uh, with the teeth and the tongue and trying to articulate, you know, it kind of would fly <laughs> off in mid scene, and we have to pick it up, blow it off, and put it back in her mouth, and say it's yeah. five second rule. You're, you're, you're good. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was fun. It was just fun coming up with that whole design. And it, I think it worked pretty good. Is there a creature that you would just you're just kind of like hoping he'll come up with I mean a type of creature that you really want to make and want to see and create and, and see on film well I, I have one I keep coming up with uh, and I even have a, um, a name um, the atomic astronaut so I envision a guy who's gone to space something happens comes down it's like first minute in the moon or something right. but you have this astronaut type creature where maybe he's glowing radiation something and I like the idea of a skull or you know um, sorry a, a, a skull glowing and and, and um, so maybe that'll come up in a film at some point, but yeah. um, it's an idea I have. I, and, and anything, any kind of monster in general, I'm always going to be up for. Back up a little bit, just in the actual creation process and everything. I mean, like you said, this is something you just kind of picked up as a hobby. You just kind of studied other films. What was your resource? What was your guide to like figure out how they did that? Did you? Was it just finding the right books or finding the right documentaries or? Probably a little bit of everything. I know initially this is pre-internet, so there's not a lot to go by. Um, you know, first I start drawing, drawing the monsters, and get kind of that 
that part down. But then, you know, reading articles on how masks are produced, reading articles in art books or anywhere I can get any any kind of ideas for how things were done, I'd, I'd start to do that. Um, back in the 70s, uh, Dick Smith came out with a um, uh, makeup kits uh-huh. for kids, uh, and, and <laughs> so those had molds, and and those were you know my kind of my, one of my first steps into prosthetics. Nice, I yeah. saw how you, know, you use gelatin, mix gelatin up, put them in these vacuform uh, molds, and then apply them to your family members. So for a while there, <laughs> I got this kit for Christmas, and for about the month after, all my siblings were horribly maimed <laughs> in one way, shape, or form. So. Um, there's that just and it's just years of experience you know yeah, a lot of making, trial and error making lots of mistakes um destroying lots of sculptures saying well that didn't work how do i make that work and just learning that way and then in the 80s with fangoria and and, and that sort of thing you see start seeing more of the how to do um articles and and then hanging out with friends that did this as well i met some people and so they had a, they, they had techniques down and just you know, sharing that information and just growing that way excellent uh, no, this might not be a fair question, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But do you kind of, out of the stuff you've created so far that's appeared that people can see, do you have like a favorite among them? You know, I, I do like the Worskito. That came, that 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 design came out pretty well. Uh, X, the fiend from beyond space, is another one. Probably, that was probably my favorite. That's a true alien. Uh-huh. You know, kind of in in the um, in the vein of the old Universal, like a Metalum mutant or yeah, 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 Metalum sure. mutant. I didn't pronounce it right. But um, it was, you know, the first time, you know, do something weird, something alien, and, and I think it came out pretty good. Excellent. That's a fun one. Yeah, excellent. Good. Well, Mitch, thanks very much for talking with us. Well, thank you. Have fun here at the Bash. I and, will. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of your creations on film. Appreciate that. Thank you. So there you have a little slice of Monster Bash. You can find out more if you visit monsterbash.us or monsterbashnews.com. Read up on the summer movie marathon in August at the historic Palace Theater in Canton, Ohio. And the fall show, back in Mars, PA, that's uh, Monster Bash Oktoberfest. Or just keep tuned in to find out what will be happening at the big event next June. You can buy weekend passes now for a discounted rate. Get 10 bucks off for the weekend, so it's a great deal. I'll be there once again to meet up with my uh, family, and I hope you'll join in. There is always room at our table. (laughs) 